Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hello. <laughs> she waved uh, before she said hello, and I was like, I hope you say something because waving is not going to work on the podcast feed. Right. It only works on the right, video feed. The video. No, but I said hello. I waved and said hello. Right and said hello. Um, so do you want to, uh, introduce our, our topic today? Yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of trepidation about, uh-huh. about this, but we'll just see how it goes. So, um, we were talking before we started today about what we were going to talk about today. And, uh, we decided to talk about, <laughs> all right, this just sounds weird. Music notation. Mm-hmm. But there is a human and tech element to this, right? Well, there is, but we also we don't have to be constrained by the by the bounds of our own creation. You wanted to do something different today because I I put forth like about ten different things. We have confidence. No, no, no. We we put this all together. We know exactly like We've, this is going to perfectly. We have notes and a whole plan. No, we don't. Okay, so I wanted to talk about music notation for a couple of reasons. Go ahead. Uh, the, the first is you should actually talk about, okay, the first is music notation is just one of those niche things that most people walking through life don't know a whole lot about. And even if you do know a little bit about it, it's not something that you particularly think about very often. Um, and yet, true. really fascinating. I find that a lot of um, small little ponds like this can often have, often a really really interesting history but i'm also the type of person who would listen to like like a 16 part series uh on like the history of fill in the blank like Helvetica. typewriters well that but that's actually interesting because typefaces are interesting right <laughs> um you know well what people don't realize is like the history of some typefaces you know like yeah, but, some of but some I of the not... typefaces we use were, were developed in like the 1600s and we just I think that would be modern. an interesting topic to talk about too. Um, so music notation is one of those things. It, there are standards and rules and the rules are very specific and common somehow across most of the globe despite uh, a wide variety of musical styles and it's just kind of interesting. Um, now you should talk you should you should say some words about why you know about music notation. Okay. Uh, well, I I have, let's see. I'm studying music right now, uh, along with, their, you know, working and stuff. This is my one of the things I've undertaken. So I, I've been playing music and de- dealing with music since about the age of six or seven. But I have no formal training. I, did, I haven't taken any... I don't think I've, maybe I've taken like one piano lesson in my life kind of thing. Uh, And I have taken some vocal lessons from a really wonderful, talented jazz vocalist named Janet Planet. I just wanted to throw that in there. A shout out to Janet. But, um, you know, I haven't studied music in school and I haven't, I've learned, I'm self-taught and gone to some, I go to this wonderful jazz music camp and I learned some theory there. So I've been learning along the way, but not like formally. And I decided um, that I wanted to learn more because as you know, Guthrie, uh, I compose music 
uh, and you do too. Um, and uh, so I've been I've been studying music. So I took some classes, online classes, really good classes in different parts of music. And one of them that I'm taking this quarter is on uh, music notation, specifically on learning, well, two things, learning a particular music notation software. And I chose Sibelius. And those of you who know about music notation, probably some of you are going, oh no, not Sibelius. Why did you choose that one? You should have chosen a different one, but I chose that one. And this course I'm taking is both how to use the software, but also about the rules and conventions and standards and guidelines around notating music. So it's been interesting and I've been learning a lot. And uh, I don't know, we, I brought it up in conversation and you said, let's talk about that on the podcast. So that's how we got here. Now, what do we do? Oh, I can't hear you, Guthrie. We need to talk about what music notation actually is and what it's used for. So let's let's break this down. We'll do a little information architecture here. We'll go back to first principles. <laughs> okay. So we are talking about human-created systems around a, a natural phenomenon. And that's where things get really uh, sort of interesting. What is that? What do you mean by that? Well, like time. There you know, it's a natural phenomenon time. And there are okay. and, some and, things that are subjective to our human experience, but also some things that are um, uh, not subjective, right? Like the circling of the earth around the sun and the moon and the rotation of the earth and, you know, the times of the day. So like, there's no reason, like time could be measured in any way we decided. Yes. Why don't we measure time in Zigglebees? Right. That there's there's 417 Zigglebees in a, you know, Cronfar. Yeah. And one Cronfar yeah. is a lifetime of a human. Like there's there's no I like reason Zigglebees and Cronfars. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's no there's no way, there's no reason, you know. Uh, now yeah. of course yeah. a lot of so so you know, part of that there there are some of it does make sense with time, right? We're talking about units of measure. There are, like I said, static things like the rotation of the Earth around the sun. Um, you get really weird ancient human civilization um, trickles. Okay, right? Like the Babylonians, everything had to be in base 60. So what happened? So that's where you get 360 degrees. It's base 60. Of course, it also sort of works with the number of days in the year, but not really. really? So, you know, like 365 and a quarter. So you can't really use that. Um, so, right. So things not, not everything's perfectly divisible. So that makes it th things complicated. So there are just a lot of different ways to, to divide stuff, you know. Yes. Um, now, uh, and musical and and maybe we should say for people who might not know anything about musical notation musical notation incorporates several things one is time and another is uh you know i guess you could say sound waves right pitch there's a lot of well, things that are incorporated into musical yeah, notation before 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 we do that i just wanted to share something quickly what's that 
Um, so let's do, uh, let's share, let's, let me just share this. Um, for those who, who are not aware, this is my, this is my, uh, my software program that I have, um, uh, that anyone can check out at decimalclock.theteamw.com. It's a side project so that you can measure the day. Are you serious? There's yeah. a decimal clock. Well, Napoleon.com. No, but we have that at our URL. Well, it's a sub URL. <laughs> I didn't even know you created this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I've had this. This is this is your friend Napoleon. Well, he yeah. So basically, it's like, why are there twenty four hours in a day? That's okay. not divisible by. So this and is a hundred twenty four hours, hours in and then sixty. Yeah, uh, yes, this would be a hundred hours in a day. So right now, it's. It's 50 hours and 73 minutes. Or ziggle wheeze. Well, you can call Gone them hours and minutes. The nice thing about this, okay, yeah. is that it's one, it's really easy to measure. So if, so if you, uh, just as a quick aside, if you work for 12 minutes, right, on a project, yeah. what do you yeah. bill? Yeah. Right, if your rate is $100 an hour, and right, you work for you twelve it. minutes. Right, you can't. Figure you have to that convert out. twelve minutes into the percent of an you, you hour. Round, yeah. Okay. The nice thing about this is, if my rate is a hundred dollars an hour, and I work for twelve minutes, since there are a hundred minutes in an hour, then it's twelve dollars. So it's really easy to measure time, that kind of thing. Okay. The other reason that it's really nice is it just so happens if you use this, if you use cent hours, which would be a hundred hours in a day, it means that this number is also the percentage of the day that's over. So we are oh. just past noon here. So Ooh, it's, it's I kind of like that. 8% over. And that so it's actually a nifty way that the time actually means something like, like mm -hmm. one thirty in, you know, doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. It has no, 60 whereas if I say it's like 61. Percent. Right, that like the day sixty one percent over. So, and do you, can you look use this? Uh, I have this. Um, uh, do you use it? It's like, are you aware at any given point that you're at? Yeah, on, on my phone, I have a little app that okay. I that I that I use. Just, right there. Okay, you're weird. What does this have to do with musical notation, though? Uh, this particular part was As mostly me. just me trying to. <laughs> Have everyone use decimal hours? So we'll turn that <laughs> off and we'll go back to music notation. But the reason the reason I bring it up is because music notation is rather similar. Let's talk about the natural phenomenon that is music. So music okay. isn't really anything. Music is a... Uh, we're talking about ways that humans communicate and vocalize. Uh, we have vocal cords that allow us to create sound waves in various pitches. If we're uh, singing or talking, you mean? If we're singing or talking. We have um, mouth and tongue movements that can change the intonation of that, that can shape the, the, the pitches in various ways. Um, and but, we, there's but we have a lot of other things that have to do with music. Because well, a lot of, yeah, go and ahead. then there's the rhythmic part. Yes, there's right? a rhythmic part. Yes. So, but but the, um, so if I go from like one note, uh, and I go to the next note, 
there is not, it is, it's a spectrum, right? I am just moving through hertz at sort of a random rate. There aren't notes. Notes don't exist in the human body. That is a, that is a human construct. Um, yes. And there's no, there is no reason why the music notation would use the, the idea of a note is an invention. Now there are much like days, you know, the sun rising, there are some natural phenomenon that influence this. So for example, you know, our ears are attuned to certain pitches, right? There that, that would be that other humans make. Um, I read uh, an interesting um, fact about, sort of um, large dinosaurs in the Jurassic period. Because, yeah. uh, you know, dinosaurs were birds. But birds have evolved modern sort of, there's a specialized, um, it's not, a, it's not, they don't have, uh, they don't have the same um, physiology of, of creating sounds that humans do. I think it's right. called a, a shrinx or something. Yeah, uh, yeah they have their own, uh, organ to create noise but that had not evolved up in the dinosaur days and so dinosaurs communicated with a range of of different um uh i guess we'll we'll say sound producers in ways that we can't even comprehend and some of some of the larger ones on the uh basically all you could you wouldn't even hear it you just like feel a low rumble it was always it was a just sort of a very low frequency like but like you know that's how they communicated and the waves would travel for miles these really crazy low rumbles that would sound completely foreign to us um but you know we have evolved to hear sounds at the frequency that we make them which so we can communicate right that makes sense yeah so that so that's one box okay yeah we seem to have a natural rhythm and you can talk if this is nature or nurture but there seems to be like a one two three it's based on it's the heartbeat one, two. okay well there we go that's good that's good the heartbeat okay yeah so there's there is a there are th things that sound pleasant to us that are ry rhythmically pleasant um both you know what we would call a quarter note you know or a beat would be another one and then, of course, playing against that, right? Syncopation, um, you know, onbeat, offbeat, that that sort of thing. So there are, yep. so there's rhythm, and rhythm. We like rhythm. Rhythm fascinates us. Yes. I often wonder, by the way, if other animals experience rhythm differently. So let's talk about a cat. Uh, a cat is a natural predator, and what you don't want to do as a predator is have a consistent. Um, identifiable sound because then animals could sense that you're coming. What you want is you want asynchronous. You want um, uh, sort of like no pattern so that you can blend into the background to grab your prey more easily. So I wonder if a cat's rhythm is like their heartbeat, you mean? Or no, just not their heart. Just like what they find, like what they find, like find interesting or comforting, or yeah, that it that it's actually I sort of like have a no idea like an asynchronous, you know, because you can play music to a cat, right? Like think of like yeah. a big 
thrubbing, you know, bass, you know, like you're a subwoofer. Yeah. Like, well, 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 cat doesn't seem to particularly be interested do that. in it. Or um, when a cat, well, I don't, and I also plays, don't. It doesn't. It does. It does do, anyways, these are just some thoughts. Um, okay, so yeah, so we have rhythm and we have pitch. Now you, uh, now, now we're going to start to get into sort of the what the, the culture. And we have of more than music. that too. Okay, what am I? What else am I missing? Well, because you know when you when you're notating music when you're creating. Uh, when you're trying well, lyrics to, too, there's lyrics, but mm-hmm. uh, let's focus mainly on, well, no, I guess we can c- encompass all of that. When you are notating music, when you are creating a score or a lead sheet, you're trying to put together, you know, piece of paper and it has information on it. And you're doing that for a couple of reasons. One is perhaps to help your own memory because otherwise you're going to forget the melody or you're going to forget the rhythm or and so on and this is a way of of writing it down and but mainly because you want to communicate this to other musicians who are then going to play the music uh, because if i try to you know say to you oh hey guthrie here's here's the tune and here's the rhythm and then i just kind of sing it or play it once, you know, are you going to be able to uh, replicate that exactly? And what if it's a really long song? So that's what, that's why we notate music is so that we can remember it and so that we can communicate it to others. And um, it, there's a lot that you can communicate. So for instance, some of the interesting things, let's see, the things I've been learning and, and you know what, well, let me back up for a second. You know, I've been reading music since I was seven. So I said I didn't have any formal training and I didn't, but I have been reading musical scores and musical notation for a very long time. But because I learned it so young, I never stopped to think about <laughs> what was in there until I started taking this course. And then I realized, oh yeah. So on a musical score, a modern musical score, you might have things like the pitches that are to be the particular notes or pitches that should be played. You're going to have the rhythm, as you said. What is the rhythm? What is the speed? What is the beat? What kind of beat? Um, you're going to have uh, dynamics and expressions like at this part of the song, you're supposed to play soft. And at this part of the song, you're supposed to play loud. And in this part of the song, you're supposed to slow down. And this part of the song, uh, you're supposed to play it or, or sing it without taking a breath until you get to this part. Um, if And then there's even specifics for specific instruments like uh, if you're if if the score is for a violin, you, you're supposed to be moving the bow up here, or you're supposed to be moving the bow down here. Uh, for if it's for piano, you're supposed to be using a pedal. Or you're not. I mean, there's uh, if it's for trumpet, you're supposed to be articulating it a certain way. Is it supposed to be short notes? Is it, it, there's so much stuff that is communicated on this piece of paper with all these rules. Um, and it's kind of interesting and it's, it's amazing to me that it has become 
as standardized as it is. Now, so, there are hold, hold some on. things that people still hold argue on. about. Yes. Before what? you get to that, let's talk about yeah. that standardization. Yeah. So I want to say a couple things. The first is there are a lot of um, different ways to that for music in cultures around the world. Yeah. And let's and let's let's take a step back to when all this was developed. Yes. I know well, a we little were, bit about the history. Oh no, I, I I know about the history. Don't worry. Okay. So, you know, we're talking about medieval Europe is when a lot of these sort of standards that we would these standards that we follow now almost yes. the global standard that that's when they came to be. Okay. So yeah. don't think about music as it is today, but let's think about, you know, music eight hundred years ago. Yeah. Now, even today, but especially back then, um, just the idea of notes, scales. Yeah. There is a bit of a mathematical side to this, to music. Definitely, yep. So if you've ever, if anyone out there has ever read the book, the original book by Hertz, that's a fun read. I encourage you all to do that. What is it? Uh, I don't think I've read it. What is it? Oh, you should you should read it. It'll probably be over your head, but it's really fun. Oh, thank you. Where you that talk about um, uh, overtones. Um, I, I know about some of this stuff. What's uh, the book called? He's looking it up. Um, okay, this is not good. Silence on air while Guthrie looks it up. Uh, uh, while he's looking it up, I'll just fill the fill the silence here. I did find out that our current uh, modern way of writing music, because there were there were ways in ancient Egypt that were very different, but the current modern way that musical notation is written, which comes from, as Guthrie said, uh, many hundreds of years ago, well, I, was, I wanted to do the history. Oh, okay. Then I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, you don't have to do it. Guthrie is going to tell us the history uh, a little bit later. I'm just trying to fill the blank time here while you find this book, Guthrie. Right. right. Okay. Right. So Hei I believe it was Heinrich Hertz. Heinrich Hertz. Okay. Yes. Um, and what's it called? And when was it written? He's looking it up. More silence during our podcast. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to get back to you on All that. All right, he'll get back to us on that. Just because, um, I think it was Hertz, but it might have been. It might have been someone else. Okay. Um, what anyway? What is this? Is a book on? It's a book on math. Math but specifically and math when it comes to sound. To to sound yeah because we're talking about frequency right right because sound is just energy transmitted at a certain frequency right so if you've ever watched um like where they put the sand on the on the uh on the speaker and then they turn it to different frequencies and it makes and different the sand patterns, makes patterns patterns yeah. it's really cool anyone can uh do that uh, experiment or, or check it out and the reason that it happens is because there is a mathematical uh, element to sound and to pitches in particular. Yes. Yes. So it's not just random, right? While there are infinite, you know, I, I can sort of move from, you know, whoa, we're moving up. 
there are the once I get to the next note, there's a mathematical relationship between these, and that was that was actually other, the, the other thing Pythagoras did. So the ratio between different pitches sort of denotes the note. Yeah. So for example, if you have what's an octave? Do you know what an octave is? You mean mathematically? Well, explain it not mathematically. I don't know if I can explain it well, not mathematically, but um, you have, uh, I can't explain it. I know what it is. I can sing an octave. I can okay, play an octave. Okay, I'm a five-year-old. I can notate an octave. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Okay. Well, in our musical system, we have, um, we've decided there are seven different notes, but these can occur over and over. You can have a note that is uh, pitched like, uh, and then you can have that same note, but uh, eight notes higher. Uh, so that's an octave when you go from the one note to another note. And, and so it's the same note, but it's pitched higher or lower. Can you have a- an octave with any note? Yes. And therefore, could you have an octave with any pitch? Yes. So the way that that works is 220 hertz, I believe. Is is that an A? Uh, there, There is a hertz that's an A. I don't know if it's... I believe it's 220. I don't know if that... That doesn't sound right. Okay. Um, anyways, so there is a... There is a certain... Hertz, which would be frequency, the the way number of waves, right per second. Um, four forty. A is four forty. Okay, that means well, that a the, is a above, the, the a above the a middle above middle C, C is four forty, which means that the the other a is two twenty, because oh. an an octave, which to our ears sounds the same but higher, yeah, is the same Hertz just doubled. Okay. Right, so 220 is going to be an A, which means 440 is going to be an A, which means 880 is going to be an A. Okay, but just right, yeah. so higher. So the mathematical relationship between different uh, hertz sounds pleasing or similar because our ears are identifying mathematical patterns. Okay. So this also means that if you combine certain frequencies together. Yeah. They have a mathematical relationship, which then one combined will change the wave into a, a, a pattern that we'd recognize. And that is how the original European notes come to be. Okay. Okay. Because right, we, we've identified that an A and an A is the double. Yes. Right. So uh, what are, what's, what's a, what's a, what's a major scale? What's a, what's a, sorry, let, what's a major triad in notes? Oh, in notes or in numbers? Notes. C E G. C E G. Right. So you have, mm-hmm. so what, let's, let's do the numbers now. Okay. Middle C. Yeah. You want me to look it up? No, I don't need the Hertz numbers. Just the, oh, the numbers, the, the numbers of uh, the the scale. Well, C is a one. C is a one because that's our base note. And then E is a three. So that's one third of the way, right? So you have a one to three relationship between those. 
And then G is a five. And then G is a five. And that's that's a one to f five relationship sort of, you know, between those. And then once you get C to C, that's a, you know, one to, you know, one to two. It's like, that's like the double. So my point is, is that the European scales are based on mathematical relationships be between the number of hertz and a frequency. But those are not, those are not uh, displayed in the musical notation. They are not. But the, my point is the musical notation in Europe is mostly made up, but it's also made up in a way that sort of makes sense. So in a lot of Middle Eastern music, what's very popular is to use what we would call quarter tones. Right. Can you explain to people what a quarter tone is? No, not really. I, I, I have a vague idea, but no. Okay. Let's I, I am not. I Remember, I'm at the beginning of my musical education. And so far, I've taken two classes, one on digital audio software to record your songs and and create them and the other is on musical notation i i start my theory class in a couple of weeks of my the first of like what's going to be theory for the rest of my life so no i cannot i will i will know the answer to this question in a year or two okay so <laughs> if we say that the move from a to b yeah. is one step one tone yeah do ra yeah i so uh, i can't <laughs> do re, re mi fa, fa so la, la ti, yeah. ti do so and that was la ti la ti okay. would be a to b right so that's one to two I think. right yeah. yeah so that's so that's one so yeah. a half step then would be yes. what we would call um a to a sharp yes that's right quarter tone we then. don't have a quarter tone right but that is that is the that is the realm between the european a and a sharp in the european notation system you usually right. don't delineate a quarter tone not so, in the standard notation system that i'm learning uh right right um yeah, okay. So by the way, just just to make sure you're aware. Yeah. Here are the notes in a C major key in relation to C. I know what those are. Right? So C is 1 is 1 to 1, right? It's the same. So yes. if you put if two if two people are both playing C, the same middle C, the sound waves line up. Okay. They are the same, right? They're same number of hertz, yeah. okay? Now what was one of the, what's the most sort of most pleasing sound to the ears? Uh, a major triad. So, well, give me, give me one of those. those C, you, C, you, one, like three, five. Yeah. Is the, what is the fifth? One and five. Give it one and five. Yes. So the G to C yes. is a three to two ratio. Yes. So that sort of divides evenly, right? So you have just a, you know, every third time it lines up, right? And every third time okay. it lines up. Okay. The third is a five to four ratio. Yeah. Right? So every fifth time they line up. All right. But what about the second? Because that would be dissonance. We wouldn't like and that. And the second 
is a nine to eight ratio. Yeah, that does. That's gonna right? sound so. Weird. It's only gonna line up every ninth time, and so that's yeah. why it probably sounds more dissonant. What you're missing, of course, is the uh, the seventh. Yes, but not the seventh of the scale. But it, well, I guess that would be so. Like a B. Yeah, if a you're B. In the key of C, that's yeah. a seventh, right? Yeah, that's going to be a seventeen to nine ratio. Yeah, that won't sound good either. But so did those two, right? Right. right. If you just do one and seven. Right. That doesn't sound good. But you works. could do one, three, one, five, three seven. five, seven. Right. And or that's three, five, seven. That's right. It does work because, because now your waves are meshing together in ways that sound good. So my point is, is that the, uh, the European system is based on sort of a, they didn't know they were doing this, but on a mathematical there is some sort of mathematical basis for the sound waves lining up in ways that feel right. But they did that so long pleasant. ago; they probably didn't know that. Yeah. So, whereas in other cultures, with those alignments, right? So you do one where we're uh, and and you know we we do this in lots of European music too, where you're sliding in, right? You're gonna if you're a singer, yeah. I'm sure you know this. You're gonna hit under just a little bit and move your way up to yes. on pitch. There are so so there are aesthetically aesthetic pleasing ways of starting somewhere and moving somewhere else. And there's some ways. There are some ways that you can notate that in the music. You can notate that with some unusual things that you can do in the music. But it is also very typical to not notate it and just. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, and that you know that's a that's another interesting thing too about notating music because there are some genres of music where you're supposed to notate everything exactly, and then there's other genres, uh, jazz being one of them, where you just kind of notate it and then you let the individual musician have a lot of freedom about how they interpret yeah. what's on the page. So, so. Let's do the history now, which is really fun. So sorry I got okay. I got caught up in the math, but the math is cool. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So um, we're, we're in the year 1025. Okay. And the way music worked back then, it's a lot of like, you that's know, That's almost a thousand years stuff. ago. This stuff is old. This stuff is old. Um, basically, this, this monk called... Uh, Guido of Arezzo. Did he use software? Was he using a yeah. Sibelius? Nope. Yeah, he, he was a Sibelius guy. Uh, he organized pitches into groups called hexachords, which would we would call the scale. That's your do, re, mi, fa, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, but bef because before that time, the way it would work is you'd have the words, right? And then around the words would be these squiggles, <laughs> I swear. I, I I'll let me let me see if I can't um can't share a share a uh, share a picture of this here. Um one second. Yeah, let me uh is yeah, these squiggles add a source. Let's add a uh, Um, okay, I don't know if you can see this. Yep. Those are squiggles. 
squiggles. What were the squiggles identifying? So the squiggle. <laughs> but they, uh, but interesting, the squiggles look a lot like musical notes. They do. They do. So the what the what the squiggles were identifying um, was. Uh, They they would they would sh show you the like the con what would this they describe as the contour of the of the melody. So if a line above a word rises, you raise the pitch. If it lowers, you lower the pitch. So they look like notes, but they're not. They're not notes. It's but almost it's like synesthesia. Yeah, but it's yeah yeah. But it's interesting that when they finally went to notes, they used squiggles that look very similar to this. Yeah, right. So so if it's sort of a long if there's like a if there's like if if the squiggle has like a big blob, right? You kind of stay there. Yeah. And if there's a line where you're you moving you go up or you go down. Down and okay. So that's yeah. So that was that was the huh. squiggles before. But that's you can tell if you have an entire choir trying to sing a song, it's a little difficult because there's a lot of room for But don't you think creativity that, in there. But don't you think that back then then it was mainly an oral tradition. So you were learning the songs by listening to them rather than by reading the notation. Well, yeah, sure. But if you had someone new who was trying to learn it, yeah, I'm sure it was okay. rather difficult. This or is the, or this you is get four people together and you're trying to remember, how does this one go? Yeah, yeah, you know, you you need it written down somewhere, but it's like so okay, this is so they were doing way. that. They were doing that back then too. <laughs> that yeah, sounds like a conversation other. my little jazz trio has. How does this one go again? Yeah, we'd say the same thing. So what he wanted is he wanted a way for a young singer to learn some of this stuff without ever having heard it before. Okay, so he made this thing up. Yeah. And so what, what, he, what he made up is a thing called a noom, okay? Yeah. And the way that works is it has four lines. Oh, so he, this is the first musical staff. And you notice we it's the, it's the exact same thing where the lines sort of tell you whether to go up what or to down. do, yeah. but instead of just a squiggle, we have a line so you can see relative... Uh squiggleness right yeah are we yeah. are we kind of staying here staying the same are we going up are we going up one or are we going two two and that's where the do re mi fa okay. so comes into place okay. right because you have so we could because because each one of those steps yes i get it was yeah, that's why you have was it in relationship although that's why you but have now four. we have five Right. Okay. So that's so that was the next that that's sort of the that was the next yeah. step. Uh, by the way, this is a this is a this is a fun one here. So this one here is a picture of a hand. Is, it's a picture of a hand, but it's the, how you do the do ra okay, re I don't mi, even but want, like with I don't the hand. even want to know. But people could yeah, memorize I, it so that yeah, you could no. look at the notation and figure out what's going. I don't even want to know how to do that. I hope I don't have to t learn that in any of my courses. Um, so, so finally the, the other problem you had to solve is, okay, well now that we have this thing, but how do we know how long to sing something yes. for? Like how long to be on so one over, particular note before you go to the next right, note. Right. So over time they kind of came up instead of just the regular lines. Now we have, uh, these sort of 
different types of squiggles. Right. So if it's if it's got um, uh, if it's filled in and dark filled in, that's one amount of time. If that's, it's not it's faster, in, or than... if it has a line on it, a stem on it, that is different than right. if it doesn't have a stem on it. So this, yeah, the example you're showing now looks a lot like modern music not exactly but there I'll, probably i could look at this manuscript i don't know when it's from and i could probably somewhat play it in uh, even in my modern day knowledge right and so i mean basically by the 1600s 15 by the, like the 1500 1400s and 1500s and 1600s we have what you would consider mo modern musical notation. Can I can I take it's an interesting so old. But can I take an interesting digression and just talk about yeah. what some of the changes in musical notation that are happening because of the technology? So I'm gonna give you just a simple example. Um it it it, it used to be pre-computer days that um, if you were creating, you know, musical notation, you were uh, you were creating it by hand. I mean, you were literally drawing notes on a page, and um, you know, if you think about and if you've played music, and but even if you haven't played music and you just heard music. You know, there might be a, a part of a song and then you go back and you pretty much repeat the same melody, but maybe, you know, you end the next section a little differently, right? I mean, all, pop songs are like this, right? Oh, and here we are back to the main chorus. Oh, here's another verse. Oh, here's the pre-chorus, right? You have these structures to the music and a lot of times the parts of the music repeat inside the song because you used to write these out by hand uh and it was laborious and people didn't want to pay the the and i'm talking about as recently as like you know the 1970s and people didn't want to pay the the uh the person writing this all out uh, to to do a whole bunch more pages the, you, 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 there was, there's this whole shortcut of a little notation that means, you know, repeat or go back to measure five and play the, you know, there's all these complicated little notations you can add in there. And now because there are, you know, you can all, you can just copy and paste from measure five to measure 12. Uh, there's a tendency now to not use as much of those little esoteric, you know, now go to here, now go to there, and just and and just create longer scores, more, more pages, and, variation, and because then you can actually yes, be specific about variations, and then if you're if you're notating a film score, that is like an entirely different thing. Apparently, they do absolutely none of this go back and repeat here none 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 because there's there's these tiny variations like maybe you know the the third time through 
And that's when the uh, bad guys are coming through with the guns. And so it is the same melody, but it's got to be really loud now. And so you apparently when you're doing a film score, you forget doing any repeats or any go back here. It's everything is is blocked out. And film scores supposedly are these gigantic documents because of that. I'd actually love to notate a film score. Well, maybe not, but it would be kind of interesting and fun to work on one. Anyway, I so these traditions change as well with either the technology and the software and 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 what the notation software does. And I'd like to save a few minutes, Guthrie, for talking about the notation software, but, and, or the ways that, you know, we're, you're, we're writing music for film. I mean, initially when your monk Guido was creating that system, he was not writing for film. Okay. I mean, there was no such thing as movies, so he didn't have to think about that. So I think it's interesting how the notation has changed over time. Um, and, and I think it's interesting the, what the capabilities of the software have really changed a lot. And some of them are wonderful and some of them are just complicated. So here's my question for you. What? So we have a European centric music model that was essentially developed for monks to chant things in major in, in 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 chords that were not very interesting or well they did uh, a lot well, of minor they varied they did a lot of minor keys as well so not just no all no I know but they, yeah. but it's not we're not, not we're not, not into jazz no, complicated uh, no, chords we're not and we're certainly not doing quarter tones and we're not doing other music forms from, of music it, like yeah. Middle Eastern or Indian yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which, which are, you know, okay. So we've started with one particular type of music for monks. Yes. Yes. Now they added that fifth line once instruments became more sophisticated because a, you know, a, a, a cello can produce notes that are much wider range than a normal human voice Voice. can. Yes. Um, So you need more More. ups and downs, right? So they added that fifth line. Yeah. Um, But even then, you know, if you're talking about a flute, right? If you've ever looked at uh, flute notation, you know, there's like, it goes up like seven lines. There's five lines, but the notes are not even way over there. So the lines don't even matter. Yeah. uh, For for the most part, even though a flute can play relatively low as well, depending on the type of flute you get. You have this like, Okay, so then it gets it, it, they take they they smush that old monk notate, notation into something that might work for instruments. Yes. And now we've taken this smushed, smushed, smushed for instruments that are supposed to be written, and we've glommed that into a computer program. Yes. Where you know. People are people aren't even using traditional instruments to make music. They're just pressing buttons on right. control pads. Right, right. And it's all MIDI, anyways. Right. Yes. So, my question is: No one. There, there are standards here, standards and guidelines. Yes. That have just sort of naturally grown. Yes. And 
do they still make sense? Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and and sometimes they do, but but or well, but and before I say this, but also just like the like the marks for uh, silence, for example. Yes. The weird squiggles, all the Italian words for uh, for everything. Yes. The 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 the. the the, the double weird squiggles for weird little, you know, right. accents Absolutely. and this and that. Right. And like, why are we doing any of this? We all, why, why doesn't musical notation have uh, a, a second variable, you know, that, for example, you could use color or an alternative for those who are colorblind, which would be like a pattern of some sort. So you could tell if a note was supposed to be accented or not, just based on its, you know, its color or okay. its shade right. or its size. Right. But, you know, but we, but we fight over these things in other, in other realms. I mean, haven't people talked about the fact of why do we have all these different languages and why don't we standardize on S what's it called? Esper. Esperanto. Esperanto. But at um, least there's history there. Well, and the there's language history is... in the language of music. I mean, this is but, like... But that's the thing. Everyone uses this notation, even though there's all this different type of music. I agree. There's many and, different types of languages for so different types of his, people in history. So far in the books, you know, because we have textbooks in my classes, and in the books I've been reading... I do not see anyone addressing this particular question. I do see, you know, oh, now we have, there's the, there's the Berkeley standard of uh, uh, drum notation versus the blah, blah, blah standard of drum notation. There's these arguments about whether this, if you're playing this kind of drum, it, do you note that with a, with a, circle or with an X. I mean, we have, we have, we have debates about this, you know, but um, I have not, and, and I, this is probably exists and I, I'm, I'm just probably ignorant of it. I haven't seen so far any major discussions about, okay, we're going to do it totally different, but I'm sure there are people who think we should. And I agree with you. It, you know, like some of the terms are really esoteric because they're based on some Latin word or something, and that you know nobody uses. Why do we have to call it that? Um, yeah, why on the yeah. sheet music doesn't it doesn't it just say loud, louder? <laughs> well, that's very English. loud. That's English. Not everybody the, speaks the the most common language on earth. <laughs> but okay, okay, yes. What 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 are some of the what? How do you denote loud in music? Uh, f forte, uh, and then you could have two Fs or three Fs if you want it really, really loud. Um, you could have three Ps if you want it soft, because but by the way, because but by the way, P stands for pianissimo. Yeah, but there, but then there are two Ps are like pianissimo. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I don't even know. The, I just the, the, the multiple Ps and the multiple Fs do stand for a longer word that just tacked on more things i'm pretty sure but you know there's yeah we're, we're into andante the and you know allegro and everything is uh, what are we doing what why are we doing this what are we doing all this stuff this doesn't Tradi make any sense tradition it's tradition it's tradition 
Um, yeah, you're right. Okay. Now I'm, you're making me sorry that I took this notation class that I'm almost over with. Well, I'm, well that's the I'm, thing I'm, is, I'm right? in less than 10 of 12. <laughs> this, is, this is where we bring it back to the human part aspect of it because yes. and the ux part of it because yes. now we're talking about norms and standards and guidelines yes and so uh when we talk about websites for example you say this often is there probably a better way to organize things on a page perhaps but if everyone is used to all the websites doing a certain you know there, there's an industry norm or standard search is of, always at the top of the search is at the top Navi the, yeah. nav bars can be at the top or on the Nav-bars. left you know i yes and so some while of there might be a better way to do it you have to conform to the mental models of your of your target or you audience. have to know that you're not conforming and therefore that might create problems yes there's definitely you know traditions and everyone is following the traditions um and it does you know, what it does is it, it, if you have been trained in the standard, then it means that when someone puts a piece of music in front of you, you know what to do. And, you know, you know again, it's a form of communication. Um, uh, it's also, <laughs> it's also a weird, uh, uh, what would you call this? All right. So, you know, I've been writing music for a couple of years and I didn't take this notation course. And so I, I have now discovered that the charts that I put together for the last, you know, seven years uh, have these mistakes on them and I don't follow convention. Right now I know that. And so I'm going back and correcting them. But it also is a, it's a, it's like if I put a chart in front of a professional musician and it's not following convention, they know I'm an amateur. And they they'll they get what I mean most of the time. Sometimes they'll say, oh, over here, did you mean this or this? But I'm essentially signing, signaling to them, isn't this cute? I don't really know what I'm doing. So I am very excited now to be handing out charts that follow the convention. And so, mm. and it's an ego thing, right? Mm. So they will look at my chart now and say, oh, well, she apparently knows what she's doing. Um, so it's almost like, uh, so there's like an artificial barrier to entry. Oh, definitely. Keep, definitely. So it's like, a, it's a, so, so it's purposely complicated as a status symbol to I, keep I, the riffraff out. I don't know if it's done purposely, but it there is that. You, I cannot tell you how many times, and, and it's so interesting. It's so interesting. There is so much, there is a lot of one-upmanship in the world of music. Uh, and I know when um, I remember being at jazz camp and I performed one of my songs uh, that I'd written in, in a performance and, you know, had wonderful musicians behind me playing it, playing the music. And uh, I would have people come up to me and say, that was a great song. I really like that song. So, um, who who wrote the uh, you know who wrote the chord arrangement? And it was like, I did. And they're like, well, I I you know you wrote the lyrics and the melody, but but who did the chords? It's like, I did. You know, it's like this. Oh well, you couldn't possibly be smart enough to have done that those that chord arrangement, right? So there is this whole you know kind of snobbery thing, but. 
But yeah, I want to learn music so that I can communicate better, but also so that I'll be taken seriously. Isn't that just horrible? That's one reason why I want to learn the music notation. So people will, the other musicians will say, oh, maybe she knows what she's doing. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe some of this, maybe it's just a matter of time. Like if you look at conventions for the English language. Yes, um, they change. There are. Yeah, the conventions change. Um, the overuse of some of the more uh, dramatic elements of English have sort of gone by the wayside, yes. and things have become simplified. Yes. Uh, in 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 in, in so a lot do you of think ways. That, I mean, I think with music, it took hundreds of years to you know. Well, maybe change. you know. Will it change faster because we have software? I don't know. I mm. don't know. I'm having not. a tool to leverage change. I'm looking right now. There's a there's a Kickstarter project called Hyperscore, a new way to compose music, invented by the at the MIT Media Lab. <laughs> oh, that, that the, you know, you like draw on the graphics, and then it sort of you know, you know, makes your makes your musical score. It's kind of good for kids, but I'm not sure. You know, you'd have to have like a professional version. Music notation is would. really entrenched. I yes. can't imagine that this is going to change in any major way anytime soon. I can't even imagine how to get it to change. I Okay, well let's hey, you're you're the you're a change expert. Yes. This is about people and systems and cultures. Yes. So how, how, if, if, if I came to, you know, it's like, okay, I have, you've won a $10 million grant. Yeah. To let's, t we're going to take ugh, I'm dropping things. We're going to take, um, we're, we're going to move musical notation out of the 15th century. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, sounds reasonable. And into the 17th century. <laughs> It's okay. 200 years of progress. Yes. Right. Uh, how would you go about constructing such a campaign? It's a fun, wow. fun mental model, fun mind journey here. I would pro. okay. Do you know, I talk a lot about conceptual models and mental models, right? You do. And no, you sometimes do. They're too complicated for most of our audience. <laughs> Too complicated to even think about sometimes. Yeah, I would pr if I were if someone gave me ten million dollars and said, "Hey, go play with this and see if you can come up with a better musical notation." I would likely no, no, not come up with. Yeah, what implement? Okay, I would likely first. I would want to do research first, Guthrie, okay. and I would do research on. We now know a lot more about music than we did in the year 1025. We know more about the science of music. We know more about different music uh, cultures and music from around the world. And I would first want to do some research to see if there's some basic fundamental differences in how we could how we could notate it that would be, uh, would would work better with the physical world. You started our conversation off with that, and I'm interested in that mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I, I I you know I don't think the monks were necessarily thinking about that when they put together the system that we're using now. I'd be very interested to know 
So I, and I don't have an answer, but I would want, I would research the, the mental and con, the, basically research the conceptual model of music communication and notating and see if there was a system that would be better and would be implementable because we have new tools. And I don't know what that might be, but I would look there rather than just how can we improve, oh, let's add a six line to the staff. I, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to take a step back and see what the physical world and what the, 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 um, you know, the, the, the science of hearing and the science of sound, uh, could tell us first and then see if there's a way to translate that into you know what I would musical do? notation. What would you do? First, you know what the first thing you have to do is? No, what? I do wonder if you have to change the scale system. Oh, I, I, you, I'm, I'm assuming you would probably have to change the sales scale system. I, I think, I think that would be true. And you know, if you look at more modern music and where music is at now, it's, it's a struggle to fit it into the existing scale system. I, I think the scale system is possibly, you know, needs to go. But like. The the A, why do we go, why is it A, like B, B flat? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. C, no, and, then, no. and then we get to, you know, we get to G and we're like, we're done. Yeah, no, no, no. That That's, uh, you know, that's based. Would it not be easier? But, yeah. If, if we wanted to do notes that you just, that we got rid of half steps? There's so there are so so many things we could do differently, and that would be absolutely that's part of the research. So there's research on the natural world, and then there's re absolutely research on the notational aspects of it that need to be redone. And I bet there are people out there doing this research. So if anybody knows of anyone, they should let us know. I don't think anyone oh, is doing I'm this I'm sure there are. Well, no. I'll go do research on the research, and I bet somebody, come on, you guys that are studying music, somebody's doing research on this. Okay. So let's say someone from the MIT Media Lab yeah, rolls up and like, I figured it out. Well, then we're going to have them come Here on we go. Here's yeah. the way to do it, and we use numbers, and yes. it's this new thing, and it's yes. great, and we did this, this, the studies and we put musicians in a lab and yeah. after two weeks, they can, they can rec they can play the yes. lines just as fast or faster yes. than their, yes. than their other small cramped, terrible yes. notation counterparts. Yes. Okay. So then what? If it's really better, then we create software tools for it and we start to use it and we start to teach it. And I don't think we'll do away with the current system for a very, very long time. But I think we could absolutely have two systems. We could absolutely do that. And you could say, oh, I'm notating this music with the Garanfalo system. And- uh, Garanfalo. <laughs> the Jimmy Garanfalo system? 
that's a joke you do not understand. No, I don't. Some of our audience might understand. The gym, anyway, I think you could have two systems. Maybe the first system would disappear over time. But as long as people are playing Beethoven and so Bach, what you you're are not talking about, the first one. you know what you sound like? <laughs> no, what? It sounds like you're talking about programming languages. Wait a minute. It sounds like I'm talking about programming languages. It sounds like you're talking about programming languages where... Uh, which you know, uh, what what's an ancient programming language you used to study? Uh, I I st I actually took a class in PL one. Okay. Or COBOL yeah. would be another one. You know? <laughs> okay. So, you know, um, precursors. You know, to just, modern you know, languages. Yeah, to modern language. So C, even moving to. Oh, C is new. No, I was going to say like like then right we're moving to C and then we're moving to. Yeah, that's new. That's not an old one. Uh, yeah, that's as modern. what the musical notation would say, C sharp, even <laughs> though that's not what the <laughs> what the, the line. That's not. Anyways, right? So it's like okay, so and and uh, there's a there's a movement that comes along in the programming language space. This is this is how we do things, and you kind of have to do it that way because you have software that is like has to be told this is what happens when you run into this particular thing yeah. so if you put a new programming language that the software doesn't recognize you it won't work so they have I mean, compilers but whatever so the, so then what you have is you have a new language that comes out and people are saying hey you could write this hello world program in pl what was it pl2 pl1 one pl1 i PL1. don't think there ever was a pl2 they gave up on it <laughs> it was that good <laughs> uh, I had to, hold on. I gotta see if there was ever, ever a PL two. I mean, it probably was. It probably just has a different name. Um, all right, wait a minute. But okay, we have to stop because we're way past our hour. No, first of all, I don't care. I but, never care about the. But time. but uh, <laughs> our listeners might care. But um, but I do. This is an interesting idea. I really like this this uh, metaphor. Uh, that might take us into a different conceptual model, because the other question is, you know, you know, can we use AI for this or some or something? You know, uh, there you can play music, and the programs will turn that into notation, right? Mm -hmm. Like that exists. So I wonder if we just can't get better at that and then change the notation like you're saying like we change a programming language and then the whole thing just becomes automatic yeah i wonder if you could do that so you could but that still doesn't what are you changing it to right you right have, no you'd have i'd want the new system that you're changing it to essentially right it's a compiler right Got we're three. taking this this should become our new life's work. Let's life's let's work. redo the field of musical notation. <laughs> sure, and no, no, but yeah. So basically, what happens is you have the new version of it, right? We'll just say we'll just uh, say there's PL two. There was never a PL two. You were definitely right. I was about right that. about that. Yeah. Uh, didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Yeah. They gave up yeah. on PL. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what PL stood for? Uh, 
I'm you have, do you know do you know what it is? I think it just stood for programming language. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It stands for programming language one. <laughs> It wasn't. They didn't, they didn't have it. They didn't know <laughs> no, it was the only did. one there was. No, before that was COBOL and Fortran. There were Fortran. other programming Al-Gol. languages. Algol. There were other 16. programming languages, but for some reason they called this one PL1. Oh my gosh. Oh, technically there was a PL8. Oh. But well, that- only because it had 80% of PL1. And I don't think it ever got adopted anywhere. So I never heard of PL8. So. Yeah, yeah. All it, right, Guthrie, of- let's wrap this up. Come on. Okay. Well, I, okay, I'll I'll wrap it up. Um, I'll just say that yeah. So you have some people who start using the new way to do it. Yeah. And you know you can go look at like the most popular, uh, the most popular uh, languages. Yeah. The co- programming languages. Yeah. And old ones are still floating around, right? Oh, There's legacy stuff. Used. They're still being right? used. Yes. Maybe not PL1 a whole lot, but certainly. No, there's uh, even yeah, COBOL, which predates PL1, Cobol, yeah. and that's around. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, there's ancient systems that are just. Probably Fortran, too. Yeah. Uh, there, are even, there are even languages that were really widely used that are slowly being replaced, and they kind of yes. work their way down the chart, right? Yes. So, um, you know, I, I maybe, maybe like a PHP being replaced by, yes. you know, there, you know, maybe not, but there, yeah. there, there seems to be movement, but it can take a long time. So, anyways, my cat is meowing at me. All right, then you better go take care of the and, cat. He, and we are. Th- this is the alarm system that says the podcast is over. Is the cat going? Okay, guys, it's been more than an hour. We're done. I want lunch. Um, Guthrie, if people want to get hold of us and tell us how crazy we are or tell us about their new musical notation system they invented, where should they reach us? Or their favorite esoteric programming language from the 60s. Sure. Well, 60s or 70s, we'll take. There was a lot of C++. No, that's new. C++ is very new, relatively speaking. Anyway, how should they reach us? Uh... They can email us at info at All right. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching. And mm-hmm. sorry we put you through this uh, painful thing on musical notation. Um, but this is how Guthrie and I spent our time, apparently, is talking about this, mm-hmm. this crazy mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Anyway, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.